Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly. And today we have one of my awesome friends and an all-around rock star. She's the author of a number of best-selling books, including Boss Bitch and Rich Bitch, Nicole Lappin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. I feel like you should do the male versions of these books. What do you think? What would they be called? Like Points Bitch? Maybe. I think Points (laughs) Bitch would be great. Or Rich Dude? Rich Bro? But I feel like it's so much cooler to be like, like, Rich Bitch is fun, but I feel like it would be kind of... Like people would look down on me, right? And nobody could ever look down on you. First well, of all, physically, That's <laughs> no. I think you know, you and I don't need another side hustle yeah, or I'm another project. But if we did, yeah, I think you could do that. Let's talk about you. I mean, you have been the youngest anchor on CNN, and so you went from knowing nothing about finance growing up. You are first generation American. Money was not a topic in your household. And now look at you with these best-selling books. How did how did you go from zero to a hundred? Oh my gosh, I would have said like bonds had to do with Bond Girl growing up. I knew nothing. Yeah. I mean, we don't learn this stuff in school. It's bananas. Like if you and I are in charge of the world, I think we say instead of or in addition to the Pythagorean theorem or all this nonsense like dissecting a frog, you need to learn like how to do a budget, how to do taxes, how to do a business plan, what the heck a credit score is. All that stuff. And today, I don't have kids, but I mean, I know my friends' kids are studying Mandarin and traveling to China. I have to think today and today's curriculums are teaching this. Are they not? They're not. And I think that personal finance, it's such a disservice. Even like, what am I doing going to speak at business schools? Even my friends who had gone to business schools, they asked me like the most basic personal finance questions. One of them said, I have money because I have checks. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so scared for society right now. And I'm the least likely person to know any of this stuff. But I realize that money is just the language like anything else. We just don't have a Rosetta Stone for that language Mm -hmm. growing up. And I got a job when I was 18 because I grew up in a super broken home. I needed to start working really early on. My father died of an overdose when I was 11. And I just started in school when I was 15 on the air at small markets. And I needed just a Mm J-O-B. Like, I didn't have have the luxury of doing what I love, like a lot of entrepreneurial experts. Like I just had to figure out how to love what I did because I needed to make money. And I was offered a job on the floor of the Chicago Merck. At the time, I wanted a job in like big market Milwaukee from the small broadcasting station in Chicago. No, I went to Northwestern. And they asked me if I knew anything about business news. And I just said, absolutely. I love business news. And I totally lied. And I totally faked it till I made it. And I knew nothing about it. And I was thrown on the floor of the exchanges in Chicago. And I just went to the school of hard knocks. Yeah, and just learned it. It sounded like Chinese because it really is a language. Like once you can speak 
the language of money. I actually rewrote financial dictionaries in the back of my books mm -hmm. in real English. Like short is not the opposite of tall. It's the opposite of long. It just mm -hmm. means something's going in the pooper. Like it's not <laughs> serious. Equity is a fancy word for stock. Like I know it sounds yeah, really but people intimidating. Don't learn these things. Right. But once you learn it and yeah. once you know it, I'm like, this is not that complicated. Yeah. So you're known for your 12-step guides. For someone listening right now who's their financial house isn't so much in order, like bring us through, like where do you start? All of my books are 12-step plans because the first step is admitting you have a problem and we all have problems. Mm. When I started working in business news, I felt like a total imposter because I got myself in debt. Um, I got myself in $5,000 of credit card debt. And as like an immigrant's daughter, I was still trying to keep cash under my sink because that's what we did. But at the same time, like I was accumulating interest and I didn't know how compounding interest worked and all of that stuff. So I just got myself out of it the hard way and I broke it down into steps. And that's what really helped me. So $5,000 was $2,500 a year. And then I broke it down by the month. I broke it down by the day. It was $7 a day. And to me, that felt more manageable mm -hmm. than like an overwhelming $5,000. Yeah. And so I think generally when, when you're talking about finances, when you're talking about business, it feels so overwhelming unless you break it down into 12 mm -hmm. steps. And within those steps, like break it down into actionable steps that you can take. So it's so funny you say that because in college, I got my first credit card was a University of Pittsburgh oh, yeah. card. I think they gave me an umbrella or a t-shirt as my sign up bonus tempting Quick, quickly right. got it you know booked a spring break to ireland i was making no money so clearly like you know a 500 hundred dollar balance was all of a sudden a thousand and um after you after college when i moved to new york city i like it was quicksand i mean i couldn't pay rent i mean then i had a bill from college uh, a verizon bill that was sent to collections and they were going to garnish my wages like i was a hot mess so it is kind of funny now when i'm like you know advising people on credit cards. But I do think that actually going through the hell of debt and knowing the negative sides, I think, makes us better people to say, look, you have to be out of credit card debt. And I think that's what I always try to make clear with like points. Yes, credit cards can provide amazing value. But if you're not paying the interest and getting totally underwater with interest. I always say that debt is the only four letter word I don't like. Yeah. I mean, bad debt, right? Bad debt. Yeah. That's right. I know there's like good debt yeah. and bad debt, like but, avocados is good fat. So other advice like that you give to people who are just trying to get it together. Getting that debt monkey off your back is one of the chapters or one of the steps in Rich Bitch. And I talk about how you should also prioritize to pulverize. So I think a lot of folks think that all debt is created equal. And so when you see a bill and you have a hundred bucks and you get a magical bill for a hundred bucks you're like okay i'll just get rid of that because it feels really cathartic i'm done with this bill but that's not the best thing to do because you should start with your credit card debt first then if you have a car loan of course tackle that you don't want to pay on a depreciating asset uh and then if you have a mortgage and then finally your student debt mm -hmm. which is the considered good yeah. debt because they can take away your car they can take away your house they can't take away your brain mm -hmm. so i know you just got back from bali and we're, of course it's a travel podcast so we're going to start talking travel but how do you budget for travel? Like, do you, is it a line item? Is it a non-negotiable? Like, you know, especially millennials and Gen Z, everything's about experience. Like, how should be people thinking about budgeting for travel and trips? So I think of a budget as a spending plan in the same way as you would think of a sustainable 
eating plan as something that you can stick to instead of like a crash diet. So allowing yourself the equivalent of a Hershey's kiss so you don't end up in the middle of the night noshing on a big old hunk of chocolate mm. cake because you're so hungry and so deprived. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And so when people say cut out your morning latte, like I just want to bash my head against the wall because it's such bad Millennials are being advice. bankrupted by their avocado toast. Right. Yeah. Like, let me live. Uh, yeah. I work really hard. Yeah. I want some avocado toast and a soy latte and yeah. like, or whatever, oat, oat milk latte. But I think if you break it down into, I love alliteration, the three E's. So essentials, end game, and extras. So 70% of your overall spending plan should go to the essentials. So your food, your transportation, your housing, everything you need to live on every single day. Then 15% should go to the end game. So you, the future, Brian, your mm -hmm. investments, your retirement, all of that. And then 15% should go to the extras. Like you have to allow yourself for mm -hmm. extras, whether it's travel, whether it's the latte, whether it's the mani-pedi, whether it's like avocado toast for everybody, mm -hmm. whatever does it for you, like allow yourself fun. Otherwise you're going to binge later on. Because people will say to me in the beginning of the year, like, oh, I'm going to Count out the morning latte, like I'm doing so great. And then four months later, I bought the Gucci purse because yeah. I didn't buy the latte. Yeah. Like, hello, Captain Obvious. If yeah. you just got a latte every day, you would keep yourself, you know, yeah. motivated, have that small indulgence so you won't binge later on. So that's what I do with travel. And then I also like name my sub savings accounts. So you won money expert of the year. How do you plan it's for like a trip? Like, tell me, it's a, it's a nerd award. <laughs> But it's a great award. I think I think you should be proud of that. Thanks. Got to ask. So, how are you with your points when you went to Bali? Were you maximizing or? I am, or I'm trying. I mean, you'll forget more than I will ever know. Obviously. So I have. Um, so when I worked at CNN, I lived in Atlanta, and that's when Delta came into my life. So you are Delta loyal. I am Delta loyal. I mean, it's arguably the best U.S. you know airline. They've number one on time their planes are nice and fresh like delta's a good experience i i agree i like i may or may not have a second home in delta one so i'm so delta you, you all said, the time you spend on them and you get your medallion what medallion status are you so we just got it in the mail the other day i got my diamond medallion yeah, tag congratulations and i'm not sure if like that's a good thing or embarrassing because you need to fly a, a lot. shitload can i say shit yeah you can you have to fly a shitload like you can't <laughs> even buy your way into that yeah but speaking of, so you're on the plane a lot, travel. I know a lot of us burn out, and that is one of your topics that you talk about, how to not burn out and with traveling so much and being so busy. Like, what are your tips for that balance? Yeah, so Becoming Superwoman, my third book, um, just came out, and it's a 12-step plan, shocking, to go from burnout to balance. And for me, it's really getting rid of that busy badge of honor. Uh, because I think for so long in my career, I would just love to live in that breathless zone. Mm -hmm. I would take, you know, red eyes or super early morning flights to try and defy space time continuum. And if I wasn't booked to the 15 minute, like I would be pissed. You know, I if I had a lunch break or and I was traveling and not in meetings, like I would be pissed. I lived in this constant state of breathlessness. And I've had to retrain myself that like being busy and being stressed mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're important. I think there is this notion, especially when you travel, people think that it's like luxurious and I, I, I need to prove that like I'm this invincible road warrior, but it takes a toll on your health. and It totally takes a toll. But I think in your 20s, like, yeah. you know, get on with your bad self. You need to like 
work a certain amount to even get to burnout territory. Mm. But I think in general, we've leaned so far into everything that we've fallen over. And I think that rhetoric was fine for a time. But work is not the recipe for Mm -hmm. getting better across the board. Like you can't work your way into success. You can't work harder and just expect, mm-hmm. you know, it to be better. You have to allow yourself some rest. Like you have to put your oxygen mask on first before helping yeah, others. It's they don't say in yourself. that. Yeah. yeah. We both know that they don't say that on the plane. So you just mentioned naming sub accounts. To, what exactly is that? Do you do that? No, I don't. <laughs> so if you look at my banking uh, account, I have like you drop your iPhone. Uh-huh. I drop my iPhone on average twice a year. I've calculated this oh, over time. And so I put an automatic deposit. I have like a Nicole's broken iPhone fund. No, you don't. Swear to God. <laughs> I guess Miss Butterfingers is like inevitably going to drop her phone. But there and are instead... credit cards that you can get that have cell phone protection. So I think you should look into that. Okay, so maybe I can lower my $25 a month automatic deposit for when. Because I think that's what happens. A lot of people get freaked out when you know, some emergency happens and it like derails mm-hmm. their whole juju yeah. of what they had going on. And then it's almost like a diet where you're like, uh, I had the cake, so I might as well have the whole cake because I messed yeah. it up. <laughs> and so, so I try to just like safeguard against so myself. How many of these sub accounts do you have? It's kind of cuckoo bananas. I, uh, but also if you visualize it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like you're just putting money into a dark abyss because you spend, you know, so much on taxes, you spend so much on bills. Like the last thing you want is just to be like, um, oh, more is coming on my paycheck but instead renaming that makes it something that I feel like I can stick to more because I know what I'm getting I'm getting my Mexico trip I'm getting my so you do you'll you'll put a sub trip like you'll save for Mexico you're going to splurge on you know a nice hotel and meal so before you go on a trip could you estimate exactly what you're going to spend on it like how much planning do you go you know how how nitty-gritty should you go to have a healthy finance habit I you know I have a top line idea of what I want to spend, but I try to have a plan and then mm-hmm. know that I'm going to get rid of that plan and not mm-hmm. be like super rigid. I'm not a fussy traveler. Yeah. I'm not like an intense like... You're not a fussy traveler as long as you're in business class. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Fully horizontal. <laughs> I'm not high maintenance except for that. What, what apps do you recommend? Because this can get dizzying to do, right? Like, I feel like you should have your own like system, like where you, it's all automatic. What do you recommend someone like technology wise to help become more financially healthy? As long as you're doing it, whatever does it for you, like get an app that you love. There are, are a thousand, mm-hmm. obviously, and budgeting trackers. But, you know, sometimes even kicking it old school is a good way to start. Like, if a pink colored pencil does it for you and you're going to get that done. The Mm -hmm. first time I did a spending plan, I did it in the back of my favorite book, Anna Karenina, which is how I named my company from a line in Anna Karenina because it just felt like less serious, less overwhelming, like an Excel spreadsheet wasn't involved. You can even do a spreadsheet like that does Mm -hmm. it for you or you can just set up a system and a process in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of the month. And so you can automate everything. And so you basically safeguard yourself against yourself. It's foolproof. There are a lot of people in the financial health industry. Who do you follow on Twitter that you think is really good when it comes to this type of stuff? So many people. Brian Kelly. He's amazing. (laughs) I also just follow Dave Ramsey and Susie Mm -hmm. Orman and Gene Chatsky. And I think they all have different audiences. Mm -hmm. And so when I was getting into this space, I felt like, you know, for me, the advice was buy a latte, maybe rent a house. But like in other 
you know, segments of the population that need financial advice, which is everybody, like it might be don't buy a latte and buy a house. And that's okay. The financial gods are not going to come out and get you. It's truly like rethink conventional wisdom to think for yourself. But maybe that works for you. It's like when I became vegetarian, I just thought, okay, well, my family ate meat. They're Jewish. Like at some point I thought self, do I want to eat meat? And the answer could have been yes. But I think we all need that moment to stop and think like just because it's always been done this way Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's the way it always has to be. So like rethink everything for yourself, Mm -hmm. whatever advice you've been told, even from me. Rethink everything. So one of the biggest trends, I just read a CNN article on a family who had five kids who retired at age 32 due to the fire movement, right? What is that? Financial independence, retire early. Are you a believer? It's a really popular movement, of course. I think there's a lot of misconception around the idea that a 401k is going to save the day. Mm -hmm. Like if you put money in a 401k, you're going to eat cat food in retirement. Like that's not enough, period, end of story. And like the more the merrier when it comes to retirement accounts. An IRA is an individual retirement account. I think a lot of folks don't realize that you're going to pay taxes Mm -hmm. on the traditional vehicles when you take that money out. So if you see the money in your 401k or your traditional IRA, that's not the money that you actually get. Mm -hmm. Like you get taxed later. And the Roth idea, the reason people are so excited and hunt and bothered about the Roth is you pay taxes now you might think like why am i stoked about paying taxes now like who wants to pay more taxes the thing is like you're probably going to be in a higher tax bracket when you grow up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when you're ready to retire and i'm not a betting woman but i'm assuming taxes are only going to get higher yeah for sure So you want to be able to have different accounts and also think about like having a little sabbatical time Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be you know i'm going to retire and never work again when i'm 65 or whatever, like take a year off if you can. Think of it as like a mini retirement. And finally, Nicole, you have so many good books. Where can people find you on social media? At Nicole Lappin, wherever social media is served. NicoleLappin.com. And yeah, you can listen to Hush Money Podcast. There is this really amazing episode about tipping with this super dope points dude. Did you love that being was on so the show? Fun. We had it a lot was, of fun. So Nicole's it should have been illegal. How much fun! Nicole's podcast, Hush Money, download it where you find podcasts. Was really fun. I went on and we talked all about tipping and tipping culture. And Nicole and I saw eye to eye. Yeah, we did. Awesome, Nicole like Lappin. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining us. Ryan. Safe travels and thank you for sharing. I love just. I'm thinking differently about financial habits and advice and everything that we've got. And I think that's the keynote that to take away today. Think differently. The advice that you've been given your whole life may not be the best advice for you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly. And a huge thanks to the fabulous Nicole Lappin. Go buy her books today and follow her on social media. And to my team at The Points Guy, Margaret Kelly and Caroline Shagrin, you guys rock. Couldn't do it without you. Safe travels. 